Blog Talk Radio. How you doing? Good evening, good afternoon, whatever time zone you are in. Welcome to Coast to Coast. We are here in Los Angeles, California, and uh, we'll be shortly in the United Kingdom and also back in Pennsylvania with our team here on the Coast to Coast show. We're talking to Andy Kimmel, that's me, and uh, Amanda Love in the UK. We have Cornell Booker, our producer, back in Pennsylvania. And Lloyd Booker, I think, I just spoke to him just a while ago. He's going to be on the show shortly. I think he'll be joining us as well. And we're going to be talking about some uh, – there's some news items I think we need to talk about uh, here today um, over and above the uh, the GOP convention, which we're going to get to, as we promised. We're going to play that uh, – some of the major speeches and some of the highlights of uh, last night's convention. Um, and we might even provide some comments on what's going on uh, this evening as we're speaking live on the air at this time. Um, so welcome to our show. Welcome to Coast to Coast. And um, we are going to, uh, uh, you know, talk about some of the uh, news items uh, facing us today, which we can't help but see. Anybody who has turned on the radio, the television, seen a, a newspaper anywhere in the United States, perhaps most much of the world, has seen uh, the latest news regarding the police officer shooting in Wisconsin of an innocent, unarmed black man. Uh, that gentleman, as we spoke in yesterday's show, is uh, in the hospital in Wisconsin, uh, paralyzed now from the waist down, um, missing small intestine, missing parts of his colon. Um, we'll be having tremendous amount of rehabilitation and, and looking forward to future surgeries as part of his recovery. Um, and we know where his life is going, what his life is going to be like um, in the immediate future and perhaps for the significant balance of his life. Um, we're going to talk about that. Um, the more, I was just told by Lloyd Booker, actually, that the Milwaukee Bucks and the Bucks, excuse me, Milwaukee Bucks, Milwaukee Bucks, um, are pro have protested um, and have stopped playing. The team has gotten together and said, you know what, uh, we're mad as hell. We're not going to take this anymore. And uh, they're not playing anymore. We have. Cornell, you on the show? Are you here? Hear me? Yes. How you doing? Hey, how you doing? I was on. Um, all right. You know Welcome what I was back to for. the show. Yeah. How's everything? Everything's okay. Busy day today because there's so much happening in the news. We were just saying this about what we were talking about yesterday with the shooting on Sunday when Wisconsin, the unarmed black man, and uh, and um, the Milwaukee Bucks are protested. They're not going to be playing anymore. And there's other things going down right now uh, regarding that. There's been some violence. There's been some uh, shootings in Milwaukee during the protest, leaving two people dead and one severely injured. Um, it's getting crazy out there. It's getting nuts so. Yes, it is. It's and, getting and, real and, crazy. Yeah, I mean, really, where's this going to? I don't know. Where's this? Where's this going to end? When's this going to stop? How's it going to stop? How's it going to end? I don't know. Um, is Amanda joining us today? <laughs> Do you know from the UK? Yeah, Amanda. Wanted, Amanda was waiting for the, you know, the inside. Oh yeah, inside. The, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I want to tell the um, viewers, I want we want to go live and everything. So you know, sure, everything, <laughs> sure. 
Sure. So how's it going back there in Pennsylvania today? Oh, my gosh. It's, it's, it's been wonderful weather. It's, oh, my gosh. The weather is awesome. I got a chance to wash my car. And, you know, I haven't, <laughs> haven't washed it in three years. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. But it's it's great. We still out here being safe and um, wearing our masks and, you know, staying distance and everything. So hopefully something will work out. Well, it's, it's been 100 degrees here in Southern California today. Hit 100. Even even hotter in some other spots. It's uh, yeah. Tell me about it. Oh my gosh! Is, is it yeah. dry heat or is dry? It's oh, a little more it. humid than it. It's a little more humid than it normally would be. It's it's unusual. That's, that's how it is over here. I was talking to my neighbor and I was like, "Hold it! I never felt this type of um, heat before in my whole life." I'm like, "This is not mm. Pennsylvania type of heat. <laughs> it's like the sun is right <laughs> next to you." Yeah. Yeah, it's I don't I don't know. Global warming might be a topic of a future show. I don't know. Yeah, you know, who knows? Who knows? I don't know. I just think it's because it's I've asked people. I'm not from California, as you know. I'm from Philadelphia, and uh, and I know Philadelphia heat in the summer times, in the summertime, and uh, came out here to experience summers here and you know year round the weather's great here but in the summer it can get pretty darn warm but the thing that makes it unique and 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 uh, and, and quite livable actually is that it can reach 199 maybe it's about 10 or 12 degrees cooler down near the ocean front but it's dry so you can have that 95 100 103 degree weather you feel the sting of the sun you say wow it's hot but it's not that that humid, heavy feel that you get on the East Coast, especially down as far as you know, in the South and Louisiana and Florida, where it's just you, you walk outside, it's like walking into an oven. Um, it's dry here, but recently we've had this, uh, we've had this humidity that I just—it feels like back in Philadelphia. I don't know. I don't know. Yes, yes, it's, it's unbelievable type of um, heat out here, man. It's like I'm starting to truly appreciate water. <laughs> I mean, I really <laughs> appreciate water. So have you been following oh the convention at all? Have you been following the convention at all? Um, actually, you know, I turned it on and turned it off. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes I mm-hmm. turn it on, sometimes I turn it off. Then, you know, I, I follow. I've been following it and everything. I've been following it, all the conventions and all that stuff. But it's it's amazing how how things are changing in the in this world. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, we're we're going to get to the convention. As promised, we're going to play some of the highlights, uh, reels, so to speak, uh, some of the speeches, um, and I'm going to comment a little bit along the way. I was trying to write things down. Cornell, you just see me as I'm watching and listening to this audio track from the speeches, yeah. trying to take notes of all the, um, you know, I could say inaccuracies, but they're lies. Let's just call it what it is. All the lies and incorrect information that was spewed out um, as fact. Um, and you got to, you know, I, I don't know. Um, and the thing is that people who are, you know, they're not going to change anybody's mind. You know, the folks who are into, you know, what the Democrat platform is and Joe Biden and the whole thing, they, they've already decided. And there's been people who, who just like Trump since day one. Uh, and there's been Trump fans who were so glad Hillary didn't win and even even not even i'm not even gonna say trump fans i'm just gonna say people who just did not like hillary clinton and wouldn't vote for her no matter what who voted for trump yeah. uh, 
of some of those folks are not voting. A lot of those folks, I might add, are not voting for Trump the second time around because of who Joe Biden is. But Trump, as we all know, has his disciples. He has his fans. He has his base that he's solidified, and there's nothing he can do wrong. Nothing. Nothing he can say. Nothing he can do that's going to change the mind of that base so they won't vote for him. So I don't believe there's very, very many people at all that this GOP or the, the Democratic Convention as well both sides, they're not going to change their minds. You know, the fans of the GOPs yeah. are going to get on there and they're going to say, rah, 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 right on, right on. The fans of what Biden represents and the folks that spoke during his convention, they're going to say, rah, 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 right on. You know, maybe maybe a couple percentage in the independent somewhere in between are going to say, you know what? Yeah, I like what they're saying. I'm, I'm just going to go with it. And, and after a convention, historically, you've always seen a bump. We're probably going to get a little bit of a bump after the convention as well. There might be uh, you know, a couple of percent margin that might go either way. But here's a spooky thing. Even though, even though that Biden is showing double-digit um, lead right now uh, across the board, um, electoral lead, about 10% to 12%, depending on, you know, who, who you ask, who you look at, and what poll you, you respect, between 10 and 12% uh, Biden's lead, that's going to tighten up. Between now and November, what do you have, 63 or 64 days, whatever it is, that's be, between now and November 3rd, that's going to tighten up, and there's probably a 5% or 7% right in their spread that can take this thing one direction or another. That narrow. Yes. That comes down to only a couple of votes per precinct. So even though, wow. you know, in, in this show, we, you know, Trump is an outright liar. He's, he's a con man. He's a snake oil salesman. He has no business being president. There have been books. There have been articles. There have been, there have been interviews. You know, and, and there's been facts presented and stated that, that show that this is the president of the United States. You've got to be kidding me. And I wish I could say otherwise. I'm not coming out. You know, I, there's been some Republican presidents that I've, oh, I like this, but I don't like this. I like this, but I don't like this. But he's okay. You know, oh, my God, this guy's going to cause a financial disaster for this country. We're going to have to get over it. But what do you do? You wait to the next election. You grin and bear it. And you pull the lever for the next guy that comes along that, that you think is going to be more favorable for the country. I've never in my whole life seen such animosity and hatred and just pure despise over a president. But there's some reasons why, and those reasons have been addressed. You know, they've been addressed. And um, and I, I don't believe, and I think it's a fact that Donald Trump is not fit to be president of the United States. Some people could say, well, he's just different. You know, he's, he's not a Washington politician. He's, he has not changed who he's been his entire business career. But his entire business career yes. has proven to be one of fraud, one of great salesmanship, of conning people, of leaving people hanging, of bankrupting, of scanning the consumer through his Trump University, which has cost you know, thousands of people thousands of dollars, which he settled out of court for for, th for $25 million to avoid a, a lawsuit. Um, so that's who he is. And yeah, you're right. That is who he is. You're right. Should something yeah. like that President of the United States. And, and I, again, I wish I could say something different, but the only thing we can do is state what is fact. Not making anything up. I'm not making any of this up. You know, we, we, we've, played, we've played his quotes. We've played things that he has stated on this show. Yeah. Um, so anyway... Lloyd is, on a, Lloyd is on his show. Is Lloyd, Lloyd, you're here? Yeah, yeah. Can you hear me? I can hear you. How you doing, man? Yeah. Yeah, everything's good. Yeah, how's it going? I hear you, but I'm not showing you on the board. That's weird. No, 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 no. Because on the board, there seems to be a disconnect. It seems to be busy, but I'm calling in through uh, Cornell's line. Oh, yeah. well, cool, man. 
All right. Whatever works. Lloyd, yeah. how are we doing? Lloyd, before we get into the uh, convention, which we're going to play, and, and uh, Cornell and I have just been um, – I've been blabbing on too much, actually. But <laughs> Cornell and I have been talking about sure. the uh, some of the other events, some of the, the shooting in Wisconsin, and the news that you gave me right before we went on the air here uh, about the Milwaukee Bucks. And I just want to talk about that just a little bit before we go on with uh, today's scheduled uh, GOP coverage. Good. Uh, yeah, just just uh, just a slight thing for those that that don't know, and then maybe we'll discuss this in uh, in depth and totality next week. But the NBA, for those that don't know, and and maybe the, I'm a little late with the news, but the NBA has postponed, and the WNBA has postponed all of their games, uh, the remainder of their games for today, tonight and uh, possibly tomorrow and maybe the weekend. But at 8 o'clock today, at, at 8 o'clock to, uh, uh, on, on the uh, East Coast in Orlando, the players are having a meeting. Uh, I think that's the NBA and the WNBA together in regards to what their movement is going to be for, uh, for the rest of this. Because when they started uh, being in the bubble in Orlando, it was supposed to be for uh, not only the completion of the season, the regular season and the championship season, but also for a platform for uh, uh, social justice or, or let's say social injustice. And it was for a platform and the Milwaukee Bucks decided to um, to utilize this in, in, in their most impactful an effective way, and they did not play. Uh, they did not go out on the court, so therefore the Orlando Magic left, and LeBron James said something, and Devin Mitchell of the Utah Jazz said something, and the games have been postponed. So there you go. And there has been, uh, like you said, just a little, and we'll discuss more of this next week, but there has been a memo put out by the owner of the Milwaukee Bucks, and I think there's going to be a conversation between the owner of the Bucks, the owner of the Green Bay Packers, that are, that's in uh, uh, in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and also uh, the owner of, of possibly the Minnesota Twins. And we had one of the guys on here for the Minnesota Twins farm team, so that's the way that's where it stands at the moment. And uh, we'll see how this continues to develop because it will not only affect uh, NBA basketball, but it'll affect it, it. It very well might impact and affect professional sports in North America. So there you go. All right. That being said, thanks, Lloyd. We have a lot to cover with the GOP convention, and we have only two hours to do it. So let's go ahead with our coverage of the GOP convention. We're going to start playing that now, commenting along the way. So tune in, and we have some things we'd love for you to hear during this as that we that we put in. We couldn't help it. Absolutely couldn't help it here on Coast to Coast. Our number here is 515-605-9888. Be part of the show, folks. Don't be shy. Give us a call. Here we go with GOP Day 2, the Republican National Convention 2020. Hello, folks. You know me from TV and radio. I'm Larry Kudlow. Years ago, I worked for Ronald Reagan. More recently, I helped the team craft Donald Trump's economic plan during the campaign. It was a roaring success. Inheriting a stagnant economy on the front end of recession, the program of tax cuts, historic rollback of onerous regulations that crippled small business, 
unleashing energy to become the world's number one producer, and free, fair, and reciprocal trade deals to bolster manufacturing, agriculture, technology, and other sectors. The economy was rebuilt in three years. Unemployment fell to the lowest rate of 3.5%. Blue collars, African Americans, Hispanics, women, all groups benefited enormously. Everyone was better off. A rising tide lifted all boats. Then came a once in 100 year pandemic. It was awful. Health and economic impacts were tragic. Hardship and heartbreak were everywhere. But presidential leadership came swiftly and effectively with an extraordinary rescue for health and safety to successfully fight the COVID virus. A great bipartisan rescue also saved the economy. Right now, our economic health is coming back with emergency spending and tax cuts. Americans are going back to work. There's a housing boom. There's an auto boom, a manufacturing boom, a consumer spending boom. Stocks are in record territory. A V-shaped recovery is pointing to better than 20% growth in the second half of this year. Now, looking ahead, more tax cuts and regulatory rollback will be in store. Payroll tax cuts for higher wages, income tax cuts for the middle class, capital gains tax cuts for investment, productivity, and jobs. Much more regulatory relief for small businesses. In economic terms, folks, this is no time for a $4 trillion tax hike. Coming out of the deep pandemic, who in their right mind would pick the pockets of taxpayers and drain money from their wallets and purses? Look, our economic choice is very clear. Do you want economic health, prosperity, opportunity, and optimism? Or do you want to turn back to the dark days of stagnation, recession, and pessimism? I believe there can't be better economic policies than we've had in recent years. So I say stay with them. Thank you. Well, folks, we got to jump in here just for a moment. Larry Cudwell, obviously from the National Economic Council, making some factual claims here that we really need to look into a little bit. Mr. Cudwell is saying that there's a housing boom, an auto boom, a manufacturing boom, a consumer spending boom, a, a, a recovery uh, boom. Uh, talked about the coronavirus in the past tense, like yeah, Trump has rescued us from this and yeah, solving that, that those issues. Out of the um, what we're going to do is we're going to play a clip here from MSNBC's senior business correspondent and uh, business anchor Stephanie Rule. Well, first of all, he continues to talk about the coronavirus in the past tense. It's not. We're living with it. And while we continue to live, live with it, we're in an economic crisis. And there are no booms. We are in a fragile and selective economic recovery. People are buying houses and cars when interest rates are at zero, when you can finance so cheaply people who have the money to do it. Even the stock market, which Larry Kudlow and the president often equate to the economy, it's not the economy, but even the entire stock market isn't booming. Of the S&P 500, it's only a handful of companies that are driving things forward, and those are the behemoth tech Amazon, Google, Apple, they don't need to recover. They're thriving during this pandemic. And he's leaving out the, a huge portion of the country that are not rising. The 30 million people that don't have jobs today. 
the 80,000 small businesses that have closed already. So yeah, there are a lot of small businesses that would say we want more deregulation, but if your business is shut for good, deregulation isn't going to help. Yes, my sentiments exactly, folks. I agree. Um, and there's some other, uh, of course, I've heard all these speeches already and will comment accordingly. There's, a, there's I won't say a lot, but there's a fair amount of, of inaccurate information. I, I would be as, uh, go as far as to say lies that have been presented today. And uh, we're going to comment on them as need be to prevent factual information on the Coast to Coast show. That's what we do here. So uh, why don't we go back to the uh, convention coverage and, um, and we'll check in here and there. Pleasure to be able to do this on Coast to Coast to present the Republican Convention to you. I'm Pam Bondi. Our party's theme tonight is America, the land of opportunity. And listening to the stories of discoveries and deliverance, you can't help but be proud to call this country home. But for Joe Biden, it's been the land of opportunism, not opportunity. As a career prosecutor and former Attorney General of Florida, I fought corruption, and I know what it looks like, whether it's done by people wearing pinstripe suits or orange jumpsuits. As the, at the Democrats' convention, we were told to look at Joe Biden as the model of integrity. But when you look at his 47-year career in politics, the people who benefited are his family members, not the American people. Let's take a closer look. We all know about Joe's son, Hunter Biden. A corrupt Ukrainian oligarch put Hunter on the board of his gas company, even though he had no experience in Ukraine or in the energy sector. None. Yet he was paid millions to do nothing. He only had one qualification that mattered. He was the son of the man in charge of distributing USAID to Ukraine. And recently reported information revealed that a few months after Hunter Biden joined that corrupt company's board, the Obama-Biden State Department began doing business with them, even when it remained under investigation for corruption. Folks, the and Department it gets worse. The very same company was being investigated by a Ukrainian prosecutor. Joe Biden, the Vice President of the United States, threatened to withhold aid to Ukraine unless that same prosecutor was fired. And then he was fired. Hunter only resigned from that board just before his dad announced his campaign for president. Now let's talk about China. Fact. Joe Biden flew to China on Air Force Two with Hunter along for the ride. They said he was just there as a family member, but we know that's untrue. In Beijing, Hunter didn't just go sightseeing. He had meetings with his Chinese bank partners. Hunter even arranged for his dad to meet with one of the partners. Ten days later, those Chinese communist bankers approved millions to go to Hunter's firm. And those bankers work for the Chinese Communist Party which oppresses their people, cheated American workers for decades, and covered up a deadly virus. To this day, Hunter controls a 10% stake in that firm. And Joe Biden's done more than look the other way on China. He said, the Chinese aren't our competition. Come on, man, they're not bad folks. Come on, Joe, talk to the folks in middle America 
who lost countless jobs to China while your son was getting rich with them. But there's more. Fact. There have been numerous press reports that have shown other close Biden family members benefited from Joe's 47-year political career. Joe Biden was point person on Iraq. The president of a construction firm met with Biden's team in the White House, and then who did they hire to build thousands of houses in Iraq? Joe Biden's close family member, who, you guessed it, had no experience in the industry and no experience in Iraq. A company official bragged that it helps to have a family member the vice president as partner. The family member put it more bluntly by saying, there's a line of 747s filled with cash ready to invest. Now let's follow the money down south. Again, as reported in the press, yet another close family member of Joe's set his sights on Costa Rica and Jamaica, where millions of dollars flowed from the Obama-Biden administration in taxpayer-backed loans to projects linked to, yes, that same family member. These aren't isolated incidents. It is a deliberate pattern of conduct. And that's just what he did as vice president. Imagine what he'd do as president. How many American families would be allowed to get away with this? Why should there be one standard for the elite political class and another set of rules for the rest of us? When millions of Americans voted for Donald Trump, they knew he'd be different, and he is. He's a tough, no-nonsense outsider who can't be bought or intimidated. He won't even take a paycheck from the American people. He donates his paycheck to charities across this country. Democrats have been lecturing America about integrity for four years, while their nominee has been writing the textbook on abuse of power for 40 years. If they want to make this election a choice between who's saving America and who's swindling America, bring it on. Joe says he'll build back better. Yeah, build the Bidens back better. Our president is in this to build a safer, better, and stronger America, and he will finish what he started to keep this a real land of opportunity for everyone. If you want to check your voting status, secure your ballot, or register to vote, text VOTE to 88022. Remember, the best is yet to come. Oh boy, folks, where do we begin? I, I can't, I didn't make enough notes. Um, unbelievable. There were some, that was Pam Bondi. And I was trying to take as many notes as I could while she was speaking, but I couldn't do it fast enough. And what Pam Bondi just did was a litany of allegations, tried to make Joe Biden look like he's corrupt and that Joe Biden's children benefited from his political career, which is literally an indictment of indictment of the Trump family, which is why she did it. Pam Bondi was Attorney General of Florida. This is a woman who, after she got $25,000 donation from Donald Trump, decided not to pursue a case against Trump University, which, of course, Letitia James in New York did. She did not. 
so she found no fault in the Trump University scam deal of where Trump frauded thousands of people out of money and Trump settled that suit out of court for $25 million. And you can look up for yourself what Trump University was. It was a scam real estate course, scam deal. Uh, Donald Trump was behind it. We also know that from three years ago that Donald Trump urged uh, Don McGahn, his uh, first White House counsel, to go after his uh, political enemies and uh, later, um, and as well as Jeff Sessions, and later used Bill Barr to try to liberate his allies. That's a fact. We have to look at if Hunter Biden had ever committed a crime, it would have been looked into by now. We would have known about it. There was nothing to indict. There was no crime. Um, and, you know, Donald Trump regularly and freely and daily runs this government single-handedly. I think what I'll do now is, uh, before we get back to the program, is play a clip from Andrew Weissman, his response to uh, what Pam Bondi just spoke of. Uh, Andrew Weissman is the, uh, with, was formerly with the FBI and uh, chief of their fraud section. Uh, and let's, uh, let's see if I can find that clip. Here we go. Here's Andrew Weissman. Um, this is uh, what led to the impeachment, which was it took over $300 million for the president to try and coerce Ukraine to open a criminal investigation into the vice president, whereas it's pretty clear even his own attorney general would not do that. And it's pretty dangerous for Pam Bondi to sling around these accusations with no facts whatsoever, when just this week we heard that Eric Trump is asserting the, quote, Constitution to refuse to testify in a criminal investigation looking at over $145 million in tax fraud. You have Don Jr. being referred by a Senate Republican committee for um, criminal criminal investigation for lying to them. So, you know, those are actual facts of what's happened and not just mere uh, smears. And it Hi, I'm Ryan Holitz. I'm a police officer from New Mexico. In 2017, I had an encounter that changed my life forever. I had just started my shift and responded to a call for service at a gas station. When I arrived, I saw a man and a woman sitting on a grassy slope. I recognized the telltale signs, a needle, a spoon. I knew immediately that they were preparing to inject themselves with heroin. Sadly, this is a common sight for me. I encounter the ravages of addiction every day. but. Nothing could prepare me for what I discovered as I approached them. The woman was very pregnant. In my shock, I asked her if she knew that she was harming her baby by doing drugs. She crumbled and burst into tears. Two worlds collided as I knelt down beside her. A police officer and a homeless drug addict, brought together by forces outside of our control. As we talked, our humanity distinct from our stations in life, was made abundantly clear. Her name was Crystal, and in the midst of her suffering, she confided that she loved her unborn baby. She wanted the best for her child. In that moment, I saw her the way that all of you who know and love an addict see them, as fathers, mothers, brothers, sisters, children, cousins, and friends, as human beings full of value and dignity, but robbed of their potential by this disease. When Crystal said that she was looking for a family to adopt her baby, 
God showed me exactly what I had to do. Without hesitation, I told her that my family would welcome her baby through adoption. Today, our beautiful daughter, Hope, is a thriving two-year-old. Crystal is fast approaching three years of recovery. She is a, a dear friend and a constant inspiration to me and others. I hold a special place in my heart for those facing opioid addiction, and that's why I'm enormously grateful to the president for his leadership in fighting this deadly enemy. We're through sorry. Your call did not go through. Will you please try your call again? President Trump declared the opioid crisis to be a public health emergency and then secured $6 billion in new federal funding to help Americans fight opioid abuse. He invested an additional $100 million to stop the opioid crisis in rural America. And in a move that strikes at the root of the problem, he implemented a safer prescribing plan aimed at reducing opioid prescriptions by over a third within three years. This is an effort that stops addiction before it ever gains a hold in someone's life. And it's having an impact. Drug overdose deaths decreased in 2018 for the first time in 30 years. Many of the states hardest hit by the opioid crisis are seeing the largest drop in deaths. We're seeing that doctors are writing fewer prescriptions for opioid pain drugs. These are significant improvements that have a meaningful impact. I think we are fortunate, America, to have a president who cares deeply for the downtrodden and who works tirelessly to find solutions. A president who doesn't just talk about problems, but stops and helps. President Trump is the leader we've needed the last four years, and he is the leader we need for the next four. You see, Donald Trump is the right president at the right time. Let's make sure he's reelected on November 3rd. I pray God's blessings on you and your family, and may God bless America. Good evening. My name is Jeanette Nunez, and I'm proud to serve as Lieutenant Governor of the great state of Florida. Tonight, I'm honored to share my story of faith, family, and American freedom. As the daughter of Cuban immigrants, my story began in 1959, before I was born, when my parents' dreams of a prosperous life became a nightmare. Chaos spread quickly when Fidel Castro took control of Cuba. The government confiscated private property, stealing people's homes, farms, and businesses. For my parents, the difficult decision to flee communist Cuba came when the Castro regime abolished religious freedom. Fellow Americans, the fabric of our nation is in peril. Daily, the radical left systematically chisels away at the freedoms we cherish. They peddle dangerous ideologies, cower to global progressives, and normalize socialism to dismantle our Constitution. Let me assure you, socialism doesn't offer opportunity. Socialism deprives. It is a falsehood that feigns promises for its masses and consistently yields only misery. President Ronald Reagan warned, if we lose freedom here, there is no place to escape to. Truer words have never been spoken. Americans have a choice. We can go down a dark road 
of chaos and government control. Or we can choose the path of freedom and opportunity that was paved by those who sacrificed everything to preserve the American dream for future generations. I have faith that Americans will choose the right path. In 2016, our country yearned for a leader who would work tirelessly to jumpstart our economy and fight for hardworking Americans. Since day one, President Donald Trump has put America first. His pro-growth, pro-jobs agenda has ushered in historically low unemployment, record job creation, higher wages, and rising homeownership. The president is fighting to rescue American jobs and industries for places like Ohio, Pennsylvania, and Puerto Rico, jobs that were needlessly shipped overseas. He's defended our religious freedom, stood with Democratic allies like Colombia, and shown unwavering resolve while confronting tyrants in countries like Venezuela, Cuba, China, and Nicaragua. Let us join our president in his vow that America will never be a socialist country. Supporting our president requires action. Join me tonight and text VOTE to 88022. We must continue to support our Commander-in-Chief who has a bold agenda that safeguards the rights and freedoms protected under our Constitution. Today, more than ever, that means supporting our men and women in law enforcement and our heroes in uniform. It means fighting to provide the best quality education by empowering parents and preserving school choice. And it means rejecting the socialist takeover of our nation that will destroy the innovation, economic vitality, and freedoms we hold so dear. As a daughter of immigrants, a wife, a mother of three, and the first Latina Lieutenant Governor in the history of the state of Florida, it is my distinct privilege to share my story, which is really your story, and the story of a nation that has opened its doors, lifted its people, and yielded success in a way only the United States of America can. Together, let's ensure four more years for President Donald J. Trump so that he can continue protecting our republic and so one day our children can proudly tell the story of what our generation did to defend the values of faith, family, and freedom. Thank you. May God bless each one of you and may God bless the United States of America. Ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States. So the last time I was at the hospital, probably a year ago, a little less than a year ago, I asked the doctor, I said, is there some kind of a cognitive test that I could take? Because I've been hearing about it. 
because I want to shut these people up. I said to the doctor, it was Dr. Ronnie Jackson, I said, is there some kind of a test, an acuity test? And he said there actually is, and he named it, whatever it might be. And it was 30 or 35 questions. The first questions are very easy. The last questions are much more difficult, uh, like a memory question. It's uh, like you'll go person, woman, man, camera, TV. So they say, could you repeat that? So I said, yeah. So it's person, woman, man, camera, TV. Okay, that's very good. Yes, folks, that was indeed the President of the United States. We're going to continue right along here. Uh, we've got Amanda Love chimed in in the UK. We've got we've got Lloyd Booker. We've got Cornell Butler's. Everybody aboard? We all here? We're all here. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. How you feeling, Amanda? I, I'm good, darling. How are you? Good, good. Everything's everything's cool in the gang here. Awesome. And we and we listen we, we listening to. Uh, the president get his uh, get his uh, um, physical from uh, what Randy Jackson of the Jackson Five. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll let that go because he's dancing around a whole lot of stuff. So I, uh, boy, I, uh, I, man, I camera. Anyhow, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> you, I, you know, I. Let, let, let me say one thing, and 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 I am going to minimize my conversation, Andy, and, and not Monopoly, but I have to ask uh, uh, Amanda. Have yes, you, uh, if, if, if you don't mind, okay, your age range is what? Because there's a reason that I'm asking this. Your age range is what? I am 41 this year. Okay, now, oh, good, 41 years old. That's cool. Have you ever in your life, have you listened to any of the stuff that we did over here in the States in regard, in regard to our election, especially now? Um, to be honest, I tended to zone out when Trump got in. I was very curious when uh, Obama got in. Um, it was interesting because I was driving a lot of change and people saw a lot of change within him. But right. when Trump got in, it was it, the, the, the news became a joke. Like he appeared as a joke. I'm I'm so now for those that are hearing her. I did not prompt her to say that, and she is actually calling from uh, from the London and UK. So, are you the? Uh, would you think that back there in uh, in, uh, in 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 the empire? Yeah. Would you say that you're not the only one that is your view pervasive amongst the people that you know there? Um, I've tried to have a relaxed review about Trump, but in all honesty, I've never been able to take to the man. I'm sure he tries to do the best job he can, but it seems to me that he's very much a showman um, and not a leader. Well, you know, he had, he did have a show. I'm I'm not joking, and, and and this might sound funny. Andy, are you still there? Andy, yep, and, and I am. Going I, yep, okay. yep. He did have he he did okay. have a show. He was on TV here. I don't know if you got it over. It was uh, it was the I think he had two shows, but one of them was The Apprentice. 
Oh, no, we don't get that here. I didn't think so. Yeah, there was a show that he was on, and he made a catchphrase that was famous. His catchphrase was, you're You're fired. fired. You know, that was his catchphrase. Okay. you might be able to... Yeah, you might be able to look that up. No, he was on television. He was a television guy here. Um, right. Uh, 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 yeah. Also over here, and these are, and I'm not, I'm not lamb, I'm not blasting him. I mean, that is real. Also here, he was a uh, a, a slumlord in Atlantic City. He owned, and, and 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 those two guys can back me up. He owned a lot of. Um, uh, uh, you, you you do know where Atlantic City is? I mean, here in New Jersey in the states, right? Uh, yes. Okay, on the boardwalk there was Trump Plaza, the Trump Plaza Casino. Yeah. Uh, he he had like three or four really big properties. They're not there anymore. He he helped funnel the downfall of Atlantic City. So I just wanted to say that. So I didn't know if you guys even heard that. So yeah, it, it was a joke to you guys over there. It was a joke to you personally. It was it was a joke to us until we found out that it was real and we figured what the hell are we doing yeah yeah when when, when we realize that so i think that's the thing with the media here you know we only get certain types of coverage of things that uh that will pique our interest more than you know giving us all the full facts of where he's from what he's doing um i'm sure there's plenty out there that's been reported here but you mainly see headlines you know that really bring him to the light of how he's making a mock Career of government. I like the how you said that. I was trying to be very careful. Did you guys hear that? Here we go. Good evening, America. When I stood on this convention stage four years ago, no one fully understood the historic change that was about to take place. We could all feel it. Something was happening. A movement was forming just below the surface. The forgotten man and woman, voiceless in Washington, D.C., were preparing to rise up. Our movement followed the pattern of so many that came before us. First, we were ignored. Then we were laughed at. Then they fought us. And then, together, we won. From that moment forward, America came first. America started winning again. America became respected again. With every movement, there's a counter-movement. In the view of the radical Democrats, America is the source of the world's problems. As a result, they believe the only path forward is to erase history and forget the past. They want to destroy the monuments of our forefathers. They want to disrespect our flag, burn the stars and stripes that represent patriotism and the American dream. They want to disrespect our national anthem by taking a knee while our armed forces lay down their lives every day to protect our freedom. They do not want the Pledge of Allegiance in our schools. Many of them don't want one nation under God. The Democrats want to defund and disrespect our law enforcement. The Democrats want an America where your thoughts and opinions are censored when they do not align with their own. President Reagan said, freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. It must be fought for and it must be protected. This is the fight that we are in right now. And it is a fight that only my father can win. My father ran not because he needed the job, but because he knew hardworking people across this great country were being left behind. The media mocked these patriots in the flyover states in which they lived. They ignored the Trump flag.
They ignored the millions of MAGA banners and barns painted in red, white, and blue. The silent majority had no one fighting for them in either party. Their so-called leaders were bowing to China, bribing Iran, and spending more time worrying about how they'd be received by the elites in Paris than how Americans would provide for their families in Pittsburgh. Our family lost friends, but it only pushed us to fight harder. My father pledged to every American in every city, state, and town that he was going to make America great again. And so began the great American comeback. Almost immediately, taxes were slashed, regulations were cut, and the economy soared to new heights, heights never seen before. Wages went through the roof. Unemployment reached the historic lows, especially for black Americans, Hispanic Americans, and women. Trade deals were ripped up and renegotiated. Lights were turned back on in abandoned factories across our country. Trillions of dollars were repatriated back to the United States, which had been sitting in foreign lands for far too long. Once again, America became the envy of the world. And with that renewed strength came leverage. The president demanded that our allies pay their fair share for the defense of the Western world. My father rebuilt the mighty American military, adding new jets, aircraft carriers. He increased wages for our incredible men and women in uniform. He expanded our military defense budget to $721 billion per year. America was no longer weak in the eye of the enemy. The moment President Trump ordered special forces to kill some of the deadliest terrorists on the planet, the day the mighty Moab was dropped on insurgent camps is the day America took a stance to never be defeated by the enemy. Al-Baghdadi, Soleimani, dead. Over and over, issue after issue, the economy, the wall, the military, trade deals, tax cuts, Supreme Court justices, VA hospitals, prescription drugs, school choice, right to try, moving the embassy to Jerusalem, peace in the Middle East. Never-ending wars were finally ended. Promises made and promises for the first time were kept. Most politicians spend their entire careers in Washington, D.C. and get absolutely nothing accomplished. For example, Joe Biden. Joe Biden is a politician who has been in government for 47 years. He's a career politician who's never signed the front of a check and does not know the slightest thing about the American worker or the American business, the engine which fuels the greatest economy the world has ever known. The same politician who has been a total pushover for communist China and someone who would be a giant relief for terrorists who now have spent years running, hiding, and being taken out by the most talented military known to man. Joe Biden has pledged to raise your taxes by $4 trillion. 82% of Americans will see their taxes go up significantly. Biden has pledged to stop border wall construction and give amnesty and health care to all illegal immigrants. Biden has pledged to defund the police and take away your cherished Second Amendment. My father, on the other hand, delivered the largest tax cuts in American history, knows if you do not have a border, you do not have a country, and will always support law enforcement and your right to keep and bear arms. Folks, Every I got to come in here just for a minute. Uh, Biden never, at any time, promised to defund the police. That never, ever, ever happened. It's an outright lie. Just need to comment about that. Back to the show. It built the New York City skyline. It built the Hoover Dam. And soon, under my father's leadership, it will send 
Americans to Mars. The American spirit can be felt in the majesty of the Grand Canyon, the shadows of Mount Rushmore, and the stillness of the air at Gettysburg. It can be seen in the wide-eyed wonder of every American child as they take their first breath in the greatest country the world has ever known. It defeated fascism, it defeated communism, and in 68 days it will defeat the empty, oppressive, and radical views of the extreme left. Ronald Reagan's quote ends with this simple warning. One day we could spend our sunset years telling our children what it was once like in the United States where men and women were free. Under President Trump, freedom will never be a thing of the past. That's what a vote for Donald Trump represents. It's a vote for the American spirit, the American dream, and for the American flag. To the law enforcement officer who's being attacked, betrayed, and whose job they are trying to make extinct, my father will fight for you. To all houses of worship and to all people of faith, stripped of our religious freedoms and religious liberties, my father will fight for you. To the voiceless, shamed, censored, and canceled, my father will fight for you. To our farmers who work dawn to dust to keep our plates full, my father will fight for you. To every single mother and father, to our veterans, our coal miners, and to the American worker, my father will fight for you. And to every proud American who bleeds red, white, and blue, my father will continue to fight for you. In closing, I'd like to speak directly to my father. I miss working alongside you every single day, but I'm damn proud to be on the front lines of this fight. I'm proud of what you are doing for this country. I'm proud to show my children what their grandfather is fighting for. I'm proud to watch you give them hell. Never stop. Continue to be unapologetic. Keep fighting for what is right. You are making America strong again. You are making America safe again. You are making America proud again. And yes, together with a forgotten man and woman who are finally forgotten no more, you are making America great again. Dad? That was one of the president's let's make adult Robert very sons, proud this week. Eric Trump, let's speaking there. Let's get another four years. And, I love uh, you very much. Ahead, God bless uh, with you. Mike Pompeo. God bless the United who's States going to speak to us of America. From Israel. First time ever Secretary of State has spoken during a political party's convention. And I'm sorry to have to report he declared peace in the Middle East. Does anybody agree that there's peace in the Middle East right now? There is no peace in the Middle East right now. There are no wars that President Trump has ever ended. It, it appears that President Trump has actually increased the amount of U.S. personnel, military personnel abroad. So we can go on, but uh, let's just move on with our program, and uh, we'll have some comments um, at its conclusion. from beautiful Jerusalem, looking out over the old city. I have a big job as Susan's husband and Nick's dad. Susan and Nick are more safe and their freedom's more secure 
because President Trump has put his America First vision into action. It may not have made him popular in every foreign capital, but it's worked. President Trump understands what my great fellow Kansan President Eisenhower said, for all that we cherish and justly desire for ourselves or for our children, the securing of peace is the first requisite. Indeed, the primary constitutional function of the national government is ensuring that your family and mine are safe and enjoy the freedom to live, to work, to learn, and to worship as they choose. Delivering on this duty to keep us safe and our freedoms intact, this president has led bold initiatives in nearly every corner of the world. In China, he's pulled back the curtain on the predatory aggression of the Chinese Communist Party. The president has held China accountable for covering up the China virus and allowing it to spread death and economic destruction in America and around the world. And he will not rest until justice is done. He has ensured that the Chinese Communist Party spies posing as diplomats in America are jailed or sent back to China. And he has ended the ridiculously unfair trade arrangement with China that punched a hole in our economy. Those jobs, those jobs are coming back home. In North Korea, the president lowered the temperature and against all odds got the North Korean leadership to the table. No nuclear tests, no long-range missile tests, and Americans held captive in North Korea came home to their families as did the precious remains of scores of heroes who fought in Korea. Today, today because of President Trump, NATO is stronger, Ukraine has defensive weapon systems, and America left a harmful treaty so our nation can now build missiles to deter Russian aggression. And in the Middle East, when Iran threatened, the president approved a strike that killed the Iranian terrorist, Qasem Soleimani. This is the man most responsible for the murder and maiming of hundreds of American soldiers and thousands of Christians across the Middle East. And you'll recall, too, that when the president took office, radical Islamic terrorists had beheaded Americans, and ISIS controlled a territory in the size of, the size of Great Britain. Today, today, because of the president's determination and leadership, the ISIS caliphate is wiped out. It's gone. Its evil leader, Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, is dead. And our brave soldiers, they're on their way home. The president exited the U.S. from the disastrous nuclear deal with Iran and squeezed the Ayatollah, Hezbollah, and Hamas. The president, too, moved the U.S. Embassy to this very city of God, Jerusalem, the rightful capital of the Jewish homeland. And just two weeks ago, the president brokered a historic peace deal between Israel and the United Arab Emirates. This is the deal that our grandchildren will read about in their history books. You know, as a soldier, I saw firsthand people desperate to flee to freedom. The way each of us can best ensure our freedoms is by electing leaders who don't just talk, but who deliver. An American hostage, imprisoned in Turkey for two years, Pastor Andrew Brunson, said upon his release that he survived his ordeal with these words of scripture, be faithful, endure, and finish well. If we stay the course, we will. May God richly bless you, and may God bless our great nation, the United States of America. And this program will pull in to so with us here, right? It is my great honor. 
Listen to what happens next. Listen to what happens next. Melania Trump. Melania Trump officially taking off her Be Best initiative. She is courageous. She's taking on a tough topic. Focused on the well-being of children, social media use, and opioid abuse. Let's join together in a committee to help children dream big, think big, and do all they can to be best in everything they do. This is her showcasing what she brings to the position of First Lady. She is smart, independent, and I think people have underestimated her big time. The First Lady was amazing. She was gracious, empathetic, and showed true compassion. First Lady Melania Trump stepping out onto the world stage. Her Be Best campaign is now going international. She has the advantage of speaking several languages. She can be a diplomat for our country. The sun was shining. She was greeted by children. This, of course, is her continuing to work on her Be Best campaign by shining a spotlight on successful programs that teach children tools and skills. She represents our country with enormous warmth and elegance and grace. Throughout history, women have made lasting impacts on society, and these women represent the strength of the female spirit. As First Lady of the United States, I'm proud of what this country continues to do for women. We as women must continue using our great tool of empowerment, our voices. It was a very important moment for Melania Trump. This was a really prominent week for her. The iconic White House Rose Garden has been renovated for the first time in 60 years. When the history books are written, there should be a special chapter reserved for our First Lady. She is an incredible First Lady. An amazing mother, an incredible woman, First Lady. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the First Lady of the United States, Mrs. Melania Trump. family when I say we have not forgotten the incredible people who were willing to take a chance on the businessmen who had never worked in politics. We know it was you who elected him to be commander-in-chief 
and we know it is you who will carry us through again. We were humbled by their incredible support then, and we are still grateful today. I want to acknowledge the fact that since March, our lives have changed drastically. The invisible enemy, COVID-19, swept across our beautiful country and impacted all of us. My deepest sympathy goes out to everyone who has lost a loved one, and my prayers are with those who are ill or suffering. I know many people are anxious and some feel helpless. I want you to know you're not alone. My husband's administration will not stop fighting until there is an effective treatment or vaccine available to everyone. Donald will not rest until he has done all he can to take care of everyone impacted by this terrible pandemic. I want to extend my gratitude to all of the healthcare professionals, frontline workers and teachers who stepped up in these difficult times. Despite the risk to yourself and your own families, you put our country first, and my husband and I are grateful. I have been moved by the way Americans have come together in such an unfamiliar an often frightening situation. It is in times like this that we will look back and tell our grandchildren that through kindness and compassion, strength and determination, we were able to restore the promise of our future. Businesses stepped up and volunteers stepped in. People were eager to share ideas, resources, and support of all kinds with neighbors and strangers alike. It has been inspiring to see what the people of our great nation will do for one another, especially when we are at our most fragile. Speaking of strength and determination, we recently celebrated the 100-year anniversary of the passage of the 19th Amendment. Yesterday, on the North Lawn of the White House, we unveiled an exhibit dedicated to women's suffrage. The exhibit called on children from across the country to send art honoring the meaning of this important time in women's history. When I was judging the entries, I reflected on the impact of women's voices in our nation's story and how proud I will be to cast my vote again for Donald this November. We must make sure that women are heard and that the American dream continues to thrive. Growing up as a young child in Slovenia, which was under communist rule at the time, I always heard about an amazing place called America, a land that stood for freedom and opportunity. As I grew older, it became my goal to move to the United States and follow my dream of working in the fashion industry. My parents worked very hard to ensure our family could not only live and prosper in America, but also contribute to a nation that allows for people 
to arrive with a dream and make it reality. I want to take the moment to thank my mother and father for all they have done for our family. It is because of you that I'm standing here today. I arrived in the United States when I was 26 years old. Living and working in the land of opportunity was a dream come true, but I wanted more. I wanted to be a citizen. After 10 years of paperwork and patience, I studied for the test in 2006 and became an American citizen. It is still one of the proudest moments in my life because with hard work and determination, I was able to achieve my own American dream. As an immigrant and a very independent woman, I understand what a privilege it is to live here and to enjoy the freedoms and opportunities that we have. As First Lady, I have been fortunate to see the American dream come true over and over again. I have met many inspiring women, children, parents, and families who have overcome life-changing issues that include addiction, homelessness, family members who are ill or have passed away, abuse of all kinds, and many other challenges that would make most people give up. The past three and a half years have been unforgettable. There are no words to describe how honored, humbled, and fortunate I am to serve our nation as your First Lady. After many of the experiences I've had, I don't know if I can fully explain how many people I take home with me in my heart each day. From brave soldiers who give up so much so that we can be free, to children of all circumstances who I have met around the world, thank you for inspiring me. It is my greatest honor to serve you. When I speak to members of the military, despite sacrificing time with their families, experience the fear of war or suffering loss, they have no regrets about serving our country. The same goes for their families and the families of first responders who often watch their loved ones walk out the door, not sure if or when they will come home. When I speak to families who have lost someone, the pain mixed with pride I hear in their voices is something I think about often. So thank you to all who serve our country in the military and as first responders. And thank you to the families who wait for them. You are all heroes in your own right. I have also been moved by the many children and families I've spent time with at hospitals, schools, and other locations around the world. Children who are dealing with pain or illness that would break even the strongest adult. Parents who are grateful to wake up every day and see that their child is still alive. These families are a testament to what faith and medicine 
strength and science can do. On my first international trip as First Lady, my husband and I visited places of great significance to the three major religions, Islam, Christianity, and Judaism. One special memory from that trip is of a young boy I had privilege of visiting while at Bambino Gesù Hospital in Rome, Italy. While there, I read the little boy a story and learned that he and his family had been waiting for a heart for a very long time, and he had a grim prognosis. His situation brought my staff and me to tears, and we spoke of a little else as we flew to Belgium for the next part of our trip. Upon landing just a few hours later, we learned that a heart had been donated and would be going to the little one. I think about him often, along with so many amazing and strong young patients across our own country. More profound and sadly unavoidable examples of our country's strength and character have occurred in the communities that have been impacted by natural disasters. Hurricanes, tornadoes, and flooding may show the ugly side of Mother Nature, but in their aftermath, they can show us a beautiful side of humanity. My husband and I have visited many places that have been affected by natural disaster, and we are deeply moved by the strength of the people who have lost everything and the kindness of neighbors and communities. The common thread in all of these challenging situations is the unwavering resolve to help one another. I recognize the stories I just told about people who survive extraordinary circumstances, but Donald and I are also inspired by the millions of Americans who wake up each day with a simple yet courageous goal of providing for their families and keeping them safe. You are the backbone of this country. You are the people who continue to make the United States of America what it is and who have the incredible responsibility of preparing our future generations to leave everything even better than they found it. Just as you are fighting for your families, my husband, our family, and the people in this administration are here fighting for you. No matter the amount of negative or false media headlines or attacks from the other side, Donald Trump has not and will not lose focus on you. He loves this country and he knows how to get things done. As you have learned over the past five years, he's not a traditional politician. He doesn't just speak words. He demands action and he gets results. The future of our country has always been very important to him. And it is something that I have always admired. In fact, it is to help ensure a better future for our next generation that I launched PBEST, my initiative to help children achieve their fullest potential. BeBest has one simple goal, teaching youth about the importance of their well-being, both mentally and physically. 
This also includes understanding online safety and the danger of opioid and drug abuse. Through BBAS, my office and I have been able to highlight people, programs, and organizations that are doing extraordinary things in our country and around the world. I continue to believe that by shining a light on these positive examples, others across the country and globe will become inspired to their part for our next generation. Helping children is not a political goal. It is our moral imperative. When I think back to a defining moment of Be Best, my mind goes to a trip I took to Africa. On that vast and beautiful continent, I was able to visit the countries of Ghana, Malawi, Kenya, and Egypt. One of those visits in particular had a profound impact on me. Ghana on the coast of West Africa was the first stop on my trip and I experienced firsthand its warm people and their traditions. While there, I visited the Cape Coast Castle and learned more about the beginning of a cruel and often deadly journey in the era of the slave trade. I was horrified when I listened to the guide tell me so many inhumane stories, and I gained new perspectives. It is time in our history we must never forget so that we can ensure that it never happens again. Like all of you, I have reflected on the racial unrest in our country. It is a harsh reality that we are not proud of parts of our history. I encourage people to focus on our future while still learning from our past. We must remember that today we are all one community comprised of many races, religions, and ethnicities. Our diverse and storied history is what makes our country strong, and yet we still have so much to learn from one another. With that in mind, I'd like to call on the citizens of this country to take a moment, pause, and look at things from all perspectives. I urge people to come together in a civil manner so we can work and live up to our standard American ideals. I also ask people to stop the violence and looting being done in the name of justice and never make assumptions based on the color of a person's skin. Instead of tearing things down, tearing things down let's reflect on our mistakes. Be proud of our evolution and look to our way forward. Every day, let us remember that we are one nation under God and we need to cherish one another. My husband's administration has worked to try and effect change when it comes to issues around race and religion in this country. He's the first president to address a special session of the United Nations General Assembly to call upon countries across the world to end religious persecution and honor the right of every person to worship 
as they choose. He has made substantial investments in our historically black colleges and universities. This president also continues to fight for school choice, giving parents more options to help their children flourish. My husband knows how to make a real change. From the day that I met him, he has only wanted to make this country the best it can be. For many years, I watched him grow concerned and frustrated, and I'm so proud to see the many things he has done in such a short time. America is in his heart. So while at times we only see the worst of people and politics on the evening news, let's remember how we come together in the most difficult times. And while debate rages on about issues of race, Let's focus on the strides we have made and work together for a better tomorrow for everyone. Our administration has also devoted historic resources and produced life-saving results by raising awareness around opioid addiction and drug abuse, especially for children. When so often the headlines are filled with gossip, I want to take this moment to encourage the media to focus even more on the nation's drug crisis. This disease is one that affects everybody. It pays no attention to race, age, or socioeconomic status. Addiction has touched every part of our society in some way. And now more than ever, we have programs and medicine to combat it. We just need to talk about it openly. And you, the media, have the platforms to make that happen. To the media industry and as a country, I ask that we all commit to helping in our fights against drug addiction by talking about it even more. Especially as we battle the COVID pandemic, we need to remember that suicides are on the rise as people who are struggling with loneliness and addiction feel they have nowhere to turn. Parents, please talk to your children, teachers and caregivers. Pay attention to signs of addiction. Lawmakers, pass legislation that allows those who ask for help to do so safely and without fear, and to provide resources for organizations that help people impacted by addiction. When the stigma is removed, people will no longer be ashamed to ask for help and lives will be saved. And if you're struggling with addiction, there is no shame in your illness. Please seek help, you're worth it. In my next four years as First Lady, I will continue to build upon the best and work with individual states to pass legislation to take care of our most vulnerable. I plan to continue the work I have started with children in foster care, as well as the minority communities and tribal nations. I want to ensure children are being protected and communities have the resources needed to combat drug addiction and child neglect or abuse. Like my husband and the administration, I will continue to encourage education that supports a child's individual needs. 
it is vital that children are given the building blocks to succeed. I also look forward to continue my work to restore the People's House, which is a lasting symbol of pride for our nation. I believe this iconic home needs to be cared for and preserved so it can be enjoyed by the people of this country and visitors from around the world for years to come. I'm passionate about this beautiful house, the grounds, and all they represent. And now I have a special message for the mothers of this country. This modern world is moving so fast and our children face challenges that seem to change every few months. Just like me, I know many of you watch how mean and manipulative social media can be. And just like me, I'm sure many of you are looking for answers how to talk to your children about the downside of technology and their relationships with their peers. Like every parent in this country, I feel there are so many lessons to teach our son and responsibilities as his mother, but there's just not enough hours in the day to do it all. I remind myself that I'm more fortunate than most and still have days that I look for wisdom and strength to do the very best I can for him. To mothers and parents everywhere, you are warriors. In my husband, you have a president who will not stop fighting for you and your families. I see how hard he works each day and night, and despite the unprecedented attacks from the media and opposition, he will not give up. In fact, if you tell him he cannot be done, he just works harder. Donna? Donald is a husband who supports me in all that I do. He has built an administration with an unprecedented number of women in leadership roles and has fostered an environment where the American people are always the priority. He welcomes different points of view and encourages thinking outside of the box. I know I speak for my husband and the family when I say we are so grateful that you have trusted him to be your president. And we will be honored to serve this incredible country for four more years. As you have heard this evening, I don't want to use this precious time attacking the other side, because as we saw last week, that kind of talk only serves to divide the country further. I'm here because we need my husband to be our president and commander in chief for four more years. He's what is best for our country. We all know Donald Trump makes no secrets about how he feels about things. Total honesty is what we as citizens deserve. 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 Whether you like it or not, you always know what he's thinking. And that is because he's an authentic person who loves this country and its people. 
and wants to continue to make it better. Donna wants to keep your family safe. She wants to help your family succeed. She wants nothing more than for this country to prosper and he doesn't waste time playing politics. Almost four years ago, we went into election day completely underestimated. Despite what is being said again this year, I know, just as you do, that Americans will go to the polls and vote on the behalf of their families, our economy, our national security, and our children's future. To vote for those ideals is not a partisan vote. It is a common sense vote because those are goals and hopes that we all believe in. I believe that we need my husband's leadership now more than ever in order to bring us back once again to the greatest economy and the strongest country ever known. God bless you all, your families, and God bless the United States of America. There you have it, highlights of the coverage. And I think the concept of chokehold sounds so innocent, so perfect, and then you realize if it's a one-on-one, now if it's two-on-one, that's a little bit of a different story, depending depending on the toughness and strength. You know, we're talking about toughness and strength. We are talking, there's a physical thing here also. But if a police officer is in a bad scuffle and he's... Yes, that uh, was Melania Trump followed by her husband. I think Melania Trump might be uh, thinking about running for president as opposed to Donald. Um, Amanda Cornell, I'm here. Please. Yes. Yeah, I my I thought you know I thought that she she had presented so much more empathy and talked about issues in such a, a sound, rational manner that was heartfelt and meant something. I might want to add that she turned down. Uh, the professional speech writers requested to, to do her speech for her for this occasion uh, and decided instead to work with one of her or a couple of her aides and wrote the speech herself. Actually, an aide wrote it for her with her with uh, Millennia's Trump's uh, you know, assistance. But she yeah. did this on her. This was not done by a professional speech writer. Um, and it was from the heart. And, and I think it was probably the highlight. It might end up being the highlight of this entire convention. Um, yes. Uh, it, uh, you know, we had some fun. I'm not sure if you guys can hear, um, but the sound yeah. is cut out. What'd you say? Oh, I can hear you now. The sound is cut out. Um, most of everything that Andy just said, completely silent this end. Yeah, Andy. I'll call you. 
Can you hear me now or no? Yeah, yeah can you know, Andy? Now. Yeah. Yeah, can you repeat right. that, Andy, because we had a little static situation? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was just saying that that uh, I thought Joe Biden, Joe Biden's wife, Doctor Joe Biden, did did an exquisite presentation last week, and after seeing that, I just you know diving into you know just seeing that and being so impressed with her um, that I didn't see how Melania could hold a candle to it, and I think Melania really did a great job. I thought that she was empathetic. I thought she was passionate. Heartfelt. Yes. Um, yes. Really, no complaints here. I, I really, you know, as as we've said before, you know, uh, I think she should. She probably should be running for president. And and you notice that she said a couple of times how she doesn't want to criticize the other side, how she doesn't want to divide, how we have to come together, how we can't just you know knock what other people think. We've got to do all this together. That was presidential. Yes. Yeah, I, I must admit, I really felt her words. Really felt it. You could, yeah. you know, when you said that she wrote it herself, I was like, bingo. It makes no honest. sense. Yeah. It was yeah. Honest. You could feel the honesty. Yep. I was very, very impressed. And uh, you know how we, we talk about things here, and, you know, and it's not too often that we say <laughs> such favorable things come yeah. from. <laughs> but I got it, I got it, you know, quite. Sorry, we have technical issues. Yeah, we got the static back, haven't we? Yeah, sorry about this. I wonder what. Uh, we having technical issues, um, Andy. Sorry for our listeners listening right now. Um, we've got some issues going on, but we're trying to resolve them as quick as possible. Yes, thank you, Amanda. Oh, look, can you hear us? Can you guys hear me now? Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. I think we it's can hear you, Andy. The microphone. Okay. Oh, hold on. Sorry about this. A little technical issues. It happens to everybody. <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank you. Things you run into on a live show. Andy, are you oh. here? Is he I'm back? here. I'm here. Hey. Can you hear me? We can hear yeah. you. Woo-hoo. He's back. Whoa. Whoa. Oh, it's a disaster. Yeah, anyway. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So uh, a couple of notes about what we heard, and I can, you know, I just, again, we, our, our conclusion here uh, amongst our group, our panel today is that Melania Trump really stole this convention so far and might, in fact, uh, I think the last day of the convention is what, uh, tomorrow, um, might have been the highlight of this whole thing. We'll see. We'll see. But um, I thought she was exquisite. I also want to, to bring up um, – the fact that uh, Pompeo, who is the Secretary of State, um, is the only Secretary of State who has ever given a speech during a presidential, um, you know, convention, never done before. And he flew to Israel, stood on top of a building with American taxpayer money, American taxpayers, you know, providing all the security and so forth for him to do that from Israel. Um, never done. 
never, and I think I think a couple of things. Normally, that would have been turned down, even if even if the Secretary of State was asked, they would have turned it down. And the fact that he didn't turn it down, I'm kind of scratching my head. And uh, and remember where you heard this. I think you're going to look for Mike Pompano to, to be a Republican uh, presidential candidate in 2024. Remember where you heard oh, really? it for, if not first, second. Okay, if not second, maybe third. All right, maybe fourth. Okay, fifth. You've heard it fifth here. <laughs> um, let's make it quick. <laughs> Yeah, let's keep, let's keep those numbers keep going. Keep going up, Andy. Keep going up. We'll be up to 23. Nice right? Yeah. Where you heard it on, on the Coast to Coast show in 2024, you'll say, you know, I heard, I think it was the fifth person I heard to say that was Andy Kimball on the Coast to Coast show five years ago. Yeah, four years ago, whatever. Yeah. Um. Anyway, just it kind of, I'm thinking, why would he have done that? Why, why would he have done that? Job security. I don't know. Other Secretary of State's did never. No Secretary of State has ever done it. Okay. Interesting, interestingly enough. Interestingly enough. But anyway, okay. uh, so I, I would just remember this, folks. Twenty twenty four, the current Secretary of State Mike Pompeo running for president, whoever against whoever it is. If it's if it's Trump, if it, you know, hey, it could be Trump. Um, he will not get run again. Obviously. Well, hey, knowing Trump, I, I will never say that's impossible. I won't say he can't run again. Who knows what he's going to do in the next four years if he's gotten away with doing what he's done so far. Mm. But anyway, anyway, um, yes. Yeah, so um, I thought that um, that uh, Donald Trump Jr. was he came out and just outright, you know, made some statements which were just not true, which we commented at the time. Um, you know, there was a lot of inaccuracies and, and falsehood presented during the, the speeches that we heard tonight. We commented accordingly, um, and I think that um, um, that Melania Trump was uh, hit the ball over the fence. I think she did what she needed to do and did it with passion and was heartfelt and well thought out and uh, um, without criticism, without knocking anybody. As a matter of fact, isn't it interesting how she came out and said – we need to proceed without insulting or knocking, you know, I forget what language she used, but without knocking anybody else. Yeah. Who she's married yes. to? What? What? <laughs> I think Lloyd's going to join us now. Lloyd, are you back on the line? Are you back here, Lloyd? Wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I am. Here he well, is. Lloyd. What's up? How you doing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm okay, boy. I, I, I was so just all stricken with some of the things that I heard that I – I, I, I had to take a break, man. It just moved me, so I, I, I don't know what to say, man. It's, oh, Lord have mercy. Hey, with a drum roll. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, stop laughing, so I'm trying to at least be, uh, because, let, let me say this. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and 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 the opinions expressed are mine and mine alone. It's not that I'm so down on them. It's just that I, you know, as as far as I'm concerned, and I know that um, Big Ike has has a has a party that he got, and he'll talk about that next week. But I didn't want to go into that because I was talking yeah. to Uncle the Ike. Big Ike was going to be on Friday. say it again. I think Big Ike is coming on the show Friday. This Friday, woohoo! Is he? Oh, oh okay, yeah, yeah. But his own. His this own Friday or next Friday. Friday, nice. I think next yeah, Friday. I, I, this Friday we have the wrap up. Uh, the last day. Ah, uh, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah, you guys are going to have a wrap up, so I think I yeah. think he might be on uh, be on there next week. But my point is, is that I, I I want either party, whether or not it's it's Republican or Democrat, to, to do the right thing. Yeah. Um, and and I you know I don't care where it came from, but but here's one thing I want to ask, and and this is for uh, basically for for Cornell and 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 Andy Amanda because you're from the UK, but of course, do we? Yeah. I, I I know we have a, a a Republican convention and a Democratic convention. Do we also have a one for the independent? No, I don't. No. There was the oh, only okay. independent, the only independent convention in our history ever, was one a small one held by Ross Perot. Remember Ross Perot? Well now, yeah. it's got to rain before you turn on the windshield wipers. Right now, remember he used to show the chart. You know and, what? Uh, yeah, he that was pretty good. Uh, yeah, the chicken Thank man. <laughs> the yeah. chicken guy. Yeah, he looked like what's his name? Uh, wait, uh, wait, he looks like uh, Pardue. Wait, so, Pardue. So, Frank yeah. Pardue. So I was getting, <laughs> yeah. So I can, so we. So we can let Amanda know. Amanda, um, no, oh, well, we, there was, you know, guys, there was a need, guy. We need to hear some stuff. Wait, I'm sorry. You, Amanda from the UK. How do y'all? How do y'all vote? Republican or Democrat? Or um, you know, what's the other word? Um, Lloyd. Independent. Independent. I'm sorry. Can you? How do can you? Re- can you repeat that? You have, what, are you saying, what are you saying? Is you have you have conventions there for the various political parties prior to your elections? Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we've got uh, Labour, we've got Conservative, we have the uh, the Green Party, we have various parties and they, they do their thing. Um, I wouldn't say it's big and as glamorous as the American one. Um, mm-hmm. The American one really just, they put it out there, they really put it out there and they make it uh, glamorous in its own way. Um, so I always find it fascinating watching and listening from this side of things and I'm sure there are people in the UK who would agree with me on that um, mm-hmm. here it's a it's a very different thing here it's very toned down but they still put their uh, points across um, you know they have their various shows TV shows uh, that they go on and these debates um, so you know the public get to speak to them too and it, it's 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 interesting the difference it's very mm-hmm. interesting you just it said is. something right quick, and I, I wanted to ask you a quick question. You said that the public gets to speak to them? On some of these debates, yeah. They will have like a question time with um, our prime minister, current prime minister, and the people that are running for the elections. Um, so it's interesting that we've got that interaction. Um, I'm not really sure if I've seen anything like that in the U.S. Am I wrong? They well, have town hall meetings. They have, they have town halls. They have these town hall meetings. Yeah, I Canada. want them to answer. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The the yeah, the because... candidates will travel around from city to city, and they have uh, various cities, and they'll have these sit down. Uh, sometimes on college campuses, sometimes other facilities, and they'll have these town hall meetings. And and some of them, some of them, the questions are scripted beforehand. Uh, some of them are not. Uh, so you kind of take these town halls with a grain of salt. Um, and I think this brought brought up um, during um, uh, during George Bush the second, the forty three, uh, during mm-hmm. one of his town halls when they when it was when it made a big stink because the public found out wait those those questions were were, were scripted ahead of time he knew what they were going to be and what kind of right. town hall that but they're not all that way but you know this is a this is America this is politics these are political campaigns and yeah. you, you don't know what to believe and again here's and as we said earlier in the show. 
most of America, 95 percent of the of the voters, which unfortunately are minority of the voters, you know, in other words, there's out of 100 voters, 50 of them, 50 or 60 of them vote, which mm-hmm. is a shame. You're right, right about those statistics. You're, yeah, you're, but you're uh, so out right. of all those voters, most and the and the, both parties know this that most people have made up their minds way ahead of time. No matter what you tell me. And I've said this in the show. I'm voting for Joe Biden. I support Joe Biden. That's no secret. Okay, but no matter what you tell me about Joe Biden, except the fact that if he went down Fifth Avenue and shot somebody in, in broad daylight, as Donald Trump said he would do, and no one would do anything about it, uh, I wouldn't wow. vote for him. But if, given that kind, something of that magnitude, um, you know what I'm saying, I, I, would, I would vote for him no matter what. My mind is made up. I'm not, I want Trump out of office. If Donald Duck were running against him, I would vote for Donald Duck, right? Um, yeah. Need Trump to- you need Trump to be removed for office. You know, we all know, you know, we've talked about this, and you read the papers, look at the headlines, fact check. We know why. We don't have to go into it. We've gone into it in the show, and I'm sure we will go into it more. Um, people who support Donald Trump, there's nothing you could say. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing you could write. There's no novel, no book, no magazine article, nothing that will change their mind from supporting Donald Trump. It's not going to happen. Yeah. So all yeah. of these town halls, all of these meetings, all of these conventions, all of these commercials, it doesn't matter. Now, yeah. that said, there's a very, very small percent, there's a very small margin at the top, about five, four to five percent, which mm-hmm. can sway. And these are the independent voters. These are people that said, you know what? I didn't like Hillary Clinton. I didn't like Bill Clinton. You know, the Clintons, I, want, I don't want any more Clintons in the White House. Ain't going to happen. Donald Trump is not a politician. He doesn't come from 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 Washington uh, swamp, as he said. Maybe it's about time we put somebody in the White House who's run a business, who's commanded a business at the helm. America is a big business. Let's put him in. I don't want I don't want Hillary there. Many of those voters who felt that way are now going to support Joe Biden, and they would have supported Joe Biden then if he were running, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there are also some folks that are going to say, you know, I'm I'm worried about uh, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren's influence um, on the party. Uh, I'm worried that uh, if the Democrats get in, uh, we're going to have a, a socialism. Well, you know, guess what we have right now? We have Medicare. We have we have food stamps. We you know if this we you know we we'll go into another time. But anyway, they're worried about socialism, and I'm supporting Donald Trump. A few of those people. So now we've narrowed that five percent down to let's say three and a half percent that can go either way, right? Um, the margin right now is ten percent across the board favoring Biden. No matter how you slice it or dice it, Biden's going to get, if election were held today, over three hundred electoral college votes to Trump's one hundred and thirty electoral college votes today. But okay. notice, I wanted to come, come I wanted November to say one thing. Uh, wait, wait, hold on a second. Uh, come uh, November third. Come November third, those numbers are going to tighten up significantly, and yep. there'll be a five percent sway either way. That either comes down way. to about two votes per precinct. Now, okay. what each party, what they're trying to do right now is both parties are diligently and aggressively, whatever they can do, trying to get that five percent to sway their way. But you're also seeing, and this is what we did not have in 2016. You are seeing many Republican independent groups raise funds and raising ads and very fine, distinguished Republicans who've always spoken at Republican conventions, who've always written conservative articles and commentary, who are now saying, do not vote for Donald Trump. We support Joe Biden. You're seeing Republicans for, for Biden. 
Independent Republicans for Biden, of course, most notably the Lincoln Project. And go online, go on YouTube, look at what the Lincoln Project has done. These are very fine Republicans, very distinguished Republicans with exquisite records, very conservative, who are now supporting Joe Biden. And one has to say, why? Remember, lost in space, danger were Robinson. Warning, warning, warning. Why are they saying that? And, and, and the people who are supporting Trump don't seem to pay any attention. They don't care. They're not going to open their ears. They're not going to ex- ask. They're not going to dive into the issues and say, well, how come they're saying that? Well, why, should we, why should we listen to you? What is it about Trump? What, what is the danger here? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They're going to fly the Confederate going to fly the Confederate flag no matter what. Okay. Yeah. I, I was going to uh, – my question uh, is for uh, uh, you, Amanda. What type of what type of government do you guys have I, – I know it's – you know what? I shouldn't say I know. What type of government do you have there? Do you have uh, – uh, uh, is it a Democrat? Is it, is it a part conservative Democrat? Is it a part – Socialist, Democrat, what type of government do you have there that's run, and how is it ran? Um, to be fair with you, um, I haven't been truly invested in my government. And, okay. you know, for a long time I've been, you know, ashamed to say that. <laughs> no, 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 please don't be, because it will lead me to another question. Okay. Why are you ashamed of your government? Because we are here. Well, because just like any party or leader, so many promises are made and it's got to the point um, over here that people have started to lose faith in everything that's being shared with us. All the promises that never really come to light. You know, the few uh, are brought forward, a few important ones just to, I guess, to be seen like they're doing something for us. But then, you know a lot of other things go on and that takes priority. So a lot of those promises never get seen or um, put into action. And for myself and for many people that I have spoken to, um, they feel the same way as I do um, with losing that investment in government and trusting them to bring us to a better place. And in all honesty, with everything that's been going on with the coronavirus, I do have to applaud Boris Johnson for the way he's handled it. Admittedly, he could have done a lot, a lot of things differently, but he's kind of won me over with the way he's dealing with things, apart from what's going on in current news right now. What's his name again? I'm sorry. Boris Johnson. Thank you. So he succeeded Tony Blair. Uh, we've had other people since Tony Blair. We had Theresa May, um, and she kind of she dropped out. She she left she quit being the prime minister she she, yeah she went on she went on a fishing trip as i recall decided (laughs) not to come yeah yeah the whole brexit deal just yeah she yeah yeah she had enough many politicians so yeah (laughs) and 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 do you understand did you understand what uh let you know i knew something about politics over there did you understand what uh, 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 Andy said about the Confederate flag. Do you know what that means here? I know it's a big deal, and <laughs> Who put the flag on her? it gets me every time. <laughs> I don't really understand the whole big deal about the Confederate flag, but I know that 
um, it's caused a lot of issues um, politically and uh, with people being abusive towards each other. No, 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 no. Let, let, me, let, me, let me give it to you straight. Uh, okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right, but I, I want to say this, and we're going to talk about this next week. It is the it, it is uh, uh, um, it is white. It stands for white supremacy in, right. in this country, yes. and white supremacy against black people. So I'll leave right. it at that. That's what, okay. That, that's what he meant. So uh, a lot when you're on here, and a lot of things that we say, if you do not understand, don't let it pass like that. Because yeah. we, uh, uh, let's let's educate and edify one another, and let your people know there in 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 the U, in the UK what those things mean. So that's what that means. Okay, that's what that represents here. And and I'm gonna leave it at that. And we'll talk about a little bit of that last week since they put the timer on you. By the way, do you know what that that timer means? That 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 uh, that little jingle means? You don't know what that jingle means. It's a TV show, isn't it? Like a tank bang there thing. There you go. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. It's from. Yeah. It's from Jeopardy. <laughs> right. That's okay. Right. It's okay. Jeopardy. Yeah, oh, okay. Jeopardy. And what they mean yeah. is, if you take in too long on Jeopardy, they put that timer on it. So I don't know who did that, but uh, maybe they were trying to signal something <laughs> to you. But we'll let that go. Well, well, guys, we we'll have six more minutes, so we need. Uh, um... <laughs> oh, they put they put that on you, Cornell. <laughs> Actually, I love it. Da, da, da. Thank oh, it's a disaster. Lord have mercy. <laughs> at, least it, at least they did it to you two. They didn't do it to me. So, anyhow, but uh, yeah, so. <laughs> I'm not offended in the slightest, honest. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, uh, go ahead, Andy. Anyway, we have another um, night ahead of us here uh, in um, recovering the the Republican National Convention. And, of course, we'll go ahead and present uh, the highlights of that to you on tomorrow's show here on Coast to Coast. And we go on in California time. I just say California time. It doesn't matter. Everybody figure out whatever time it is in your zone. It's We go on 5 o'clock here every day this week. And next week we resume uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday schedule again. And just so we know what's up ahead, uh, come September, I believe September, sometime in September, we we go back to a daily show as the election nears. I'm sure there'll be a whole lot to talk about as uh, November 3rd uh, quickly approaches here in the United States. And there's, you know, there's so much going on on around the world right now. um, And the things things seem to be kicking in um, all at once. Did anybody hear about a comet that's supposed to come really close to Earth like the day before Election Day? Yeah, no. I heard of it. Yep, I heard no. of it. I did. Oh, hey, it's yeah, 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 some, some kind of comet or, or an asteroid, not a comet, a, a asteroid, which is asteroid. six. It's six feet in diameter. Which you think okay. Six, if if a six, a, a rock that had a diameter of six feet hit the Earth, it would be catastrophic. It would be catastrophic. Wow. wow. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, now, I uh, something like that. I knew something like that was supposed to happen about no it didn't it it i mean not supposed it did happen about a month or so ago, but uh, I didn't hear about anything like that supposed to be coming up um that was a no eyes that was wise no or no eyes a comet which was uh, quite quite a distance away from us but presented itself to us uh and it was <laughs> 
The reason we made that so uh, <laughs> notable was that it only comes here every 6,700 years. So, you, like you see it once, it won't be back here for 6,000 years. This uh, is a, maybe it's come to vote. Yeah, it's come to vote. <laughs> 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 it knows the importance, right? <laughs> <laughs> The um, but this asteroid is supposed to hit, uh, not hit, uh, but come yeah. close to us. I don't want to prevent a scare before you. Next thing you know, I get those emails. Um, it's supposed to. Uh, oh, by the way, our email address is uh, Andy and Lloyd Show at Gmail dot com. Keep that hate mail coming. Keep those questions and comments coming. <laughs> if you like. Whoa, 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 whoa! What did you say? Keep your hate mail Keep wow. it coming. And, and, and the uh, 515-605-9888 is our number. 515-605-9888. We, we all about love and on this Instagram, station, dog. <laughs> and our Instagram is at the Kimball and Lloyd Show. At the Kimball and Lloyd Show on Instagram. Is it the Kimball and Lloyd Show at Instagram? The Kimball and Lloyd Show. Well, I thought it was Andy the Andy Kimball and Lloyd Booker show. It doesn't matter. What, how, yeah, no, yeah, no. I see y'all confused. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. caps on them wine bottles. It's the Andy and Lloyd show. I'm so sorry. No, you know, stop drinking. That's okay. I was still live on Facebook, but it's just kicked me out. seriously, before I sign off, Everybody that's out there that's listening to me, uh, be careful with the virus. Be careful with the riots. I don't want no black men going out there. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Yeah, you better believe it. You better believe hey, uh, it. We we're got coming a back category for hurricane coming. Be, care- be, oh, be careful. Oh my God! Yeah, the we, yeah that's that. true. Yeah, hurricane Laura. Two right? hurricanes. Two hurricanes. Yeah. Hitting, uh, oh, two. Yeah. Hitting Louisiana. Yeah, so I'm, being, I'm being serious. I didn't. No, yeah. I'm, I'm, it's not a joke. I mean, yeah. I want everybody to be careful out there. You got, you got lightning strikes. You got tornado, firestorms. We had hurricanes <sighs> over here, tornadoes. So everybody, be safe. Listen, Absolutely. folks. We're gonna, we're gonna wrap this show up, and we're going to, on behalf of Lloyd Booker, on behalf of Amanda Love, on behalf of Cornell Butler, and uh, thank you, listening audience around the world, for tuning in to today's show. On behalf of everybody and our crew here at Coast to Coast, I want to say thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for joining our special presentation of the uh, GOP convention. We're going to continue it tomorrow at 5 o'clock California, United States time. We will see you then, folks. And, UK, uh, yeah. What's time in the UK? At 1 o'clock in the uh, morning, UK, right? Uh, if it's 8 o'clock on the East Coast, it's 1 o'clock in the morning in the UK. Cool. Oh, Folks, okay. have a so good we, night. We'll see you. Yeah. yeah, we'll see you tomorrow's show. We're gonna sign Peace off. Peace and love. Peace and love, man. Take care. We'll Take see you. Take care, guys. Bye. 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 California and Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It's the Coast to Coast show. Ebony Ivory with Andy Kimball and Lloyd Booker. Vinny and Ivory, welcome aboard.